Welcome back to Home Inspector Training. I'm Garth Haslam, the home medic. Um, this particular segment, I want to talk about non-standard foundation types. Now, you and I know that for most homes in most locations, uh, you're going to have concrete. Now, there are other some there are some other options that uh, are certainly out there, and this segment, I want to talk about some of those what you need to know when you run into maybe a block foundation or a rock and mortar foundation. I have actually seen foundations made out of oil cans and I've seen newspaper used as part of a foundation material. Um, we see it all and we're expected as home inspectors to know everything about all of the potential options. And, you know, I even saw dynamite crates used once as a uh, wall building material for a garage. Um, somebody apparently had access to a lot of dynamite crates, and thank goodness we didn't have the dynamite in there anymore. But, um, you know, it's as a home inspector, you're expected to know what you're talking about and have an opinion about any and all of the above. So let's start off with uh, with rock and mortar. Now, back in the early 1900s, 1910, 1920, whatever, 1930 maybe, it was not uncommon for Grandpa to go just gather up a pile of rocks and he'd stack those up on top of each other and in between you'd end up with some mortar. <clears throat> well, that's, uh, that's great and it lasted for 100 years until until the uh, the mortar starts to fall and now basically all you have left are a number of angular rocks stacked on top of each other with maybe a little bit of mortar left but um, certainly not enough to hold things together when things get ugly so what happens now is as that mortar comes off you've basically just got a you've heard of a house of cards in this case it would be a house of basically marbles and you know that's not going to stay up you add uh, an earthquake or a wind load, and that structure is toast. So if you're running into those sorts of uh, structures, you want to make sure that your client is clear on what the risks are. I have seen where those um, rock and mortar structures, even you can have an outer corner give way and sink, and then you've got big problems because it's at that point it's very difficult to restore the property. So as the home inspector, you're going to be asked questions like that about what does it really mean that my house is rock and mortar. Um, earthquakes is one big factor that you're going to want to be describing to them of what can happen when you've got a foundation that is a pile of marbles that can uh, obviously be obliterated next time there's an earthquake. And of course, you know, earthquakes can come in uh, a thousand different styles you got a 2.0 you got the 7.0 and they're going to do radically different things and of course you can't be expected to predict what a uh, 5.4 earthquake is going to do on a particular house you as the inspector are expected to live in the land of negativity and basically just assume a nasty earthquake and describe then what it might uh, do to the house if, if that earthquake were to, um, to happen to this particular house. So it's your job just to make sure that you paint that picture to the client. 
All right. <clears throat> so you've got earthquakes that can happen. In addition, quite often, where you have rock and mortar, sometimes you'll have rock that completely goes away. And it's just kind of, you just got a hole there. And sometimes that's because critters dig it away. Who knows what other reasons there may be. But quite often you got holes. Sometimes those holes are big enough for raccoons, mice, and squirrels, and rats. And sometimes they're big enough for termites and spiders. But again, that's another one of those things you're going to want to mention to your client to make sure they're clear on what they're buying and what the risks are. Now that you have uh, delivered that information to them, the next question they're going to have, of course, is what do I do about that? Of course, you got to have that answer available too. Now, one answer, of course, is to burn down the house and uh, start over again. A lot of people are not in condition to do that, and they, they're buying this home because, you know, maybe they want to keep it the way it is. Maybe they, it's all they can afford, whatever their reason is. Quite often, they, they, they don't have the option of just burning down and starting over. So one of the options is actually to form up a new foundation. You have a contractor come in. He basically forms up uh, concrete on the outside, concrete on the inside, and um, creates a, a new foundation out of the uh, out of the old one. And um, <clears throat> those can help, especially. I mean, you, you need to do it right so that you're not just coming up with a fascia. It needs to actually go through. Um, that can be tricky depending on what's going on, but usually forming up a new foundation um, from the old one will give will give your structure another 50 to 100 years to uh, to survive, at least from a foundational point of view. That's one of the options. Um, so you can, you can deliver that to them too. That uh, that much discussion usually leaves a buyer satisfied that they know what the problem is and what they're going to do about it. Now, that's rock and mortar. Now let's talk about block foundations. First time I saw one, it really shocked and almost offended me that somebody would build a foundation to a home using block. Um, because, as you can probably gather from some of my other podcasts, um, <clears throat> you got to keep water away from the foundation. And if you don't, bad things happen. So with block, uh, block being much more, um, what's the word, enterable, less permeable than than concrete. You're going to have water get in there much more easily. You can have, of course, you can have mice get into a, a, a block foundation unless it's been poured with concrete, and chances are it hasn't. Um, it's a lot easier for, for termites, etc. You just name it. Um, every... Everything you don't want in a house gets in there much more easily when you get a block foundation. That being the case, so that first inspection that I did, I basically shut down the inspection before I even got inside the house because I saw a block foundation. I have learned that that was a mistake. Um, what I should have done is made the uh, buyers aware that block is not as good as a concrete foundation. Structurally, it can be adequate. You, you probably don't want to have a two-story home. But again, um, rather than make that determination, you probably want to refer them, if you do have a two-story home on block, to a, a structural engineer, somebody who can tell them if that block is capable of bearing the load. 
More importantly, um, you want to make sure that they're clear that uh, they need to work that much harder to keep water out of the basement, to keep the drainage proper, etc. Because you you definitely have to work a lot harder to keep the critters out. So critters is uh, is another one of those subjects that you want to pay attention to, especially on block. If you have an earthquake and the structure is on a block foundation, that's going to behave less well than a concrete foundation that has, of course, rebar in it. It's going to behave less well than a concrete foundation that doesn't have rebar in it. So you want to make sure the buyer is clear that that is what they're buying. And this is not necessarily a deal killer. You just got to make sure the buyer knows what what's up. Efflorescence is another one of those things. Now, what happens with efflorescence? And that's spelled, just so you know, E-F-F-L-O-R-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. -E -E. What is going on is quite often you'll see a white salty material on the inside and sometimes the outside of a block or concrete foundation. What's happening there is water is either going through the block or, or concrete or maybe it's wicking up from below. But whatever, for whatever reason, it's wet, and it's wet long-term. Maybe the sprinklers are hitting it. Maybe you've got higher uh, soil moisture levels, whatever it is. But water is being drawn through the foundation. And so what happens, water uh, goes all the way through, and it gets to the other side. And while on its pathway through the foundation, it has picked up some calcium because that's part of the chemistry in either block or concrete. So that calcium has been drawn through. On the other side, uh, that calcium is going to be deposited while the water that was carrying it evaporates. And that is what the white stuff is, is all that deposited calcium, also known, like I say, as efflorescence. If you see efflorescence, then you uh, need to tell the client that they have a history of long-term slow water entry through that space. And again, that's a problem because efflorescence need, means water, and water means all kinds of problems, rot mold, termites, etc. So you want to make sure the buyer's clear on that one. Now, I have seen, like I say, I've seen foundations made of crates, of motor oil, of newspaper. I've seen them made of wood. You uh, quite often you see you hear of people who want to make homes out of straw bales or tires. Uh, as a home inspector, obviously, from my point of view at least, you can't be expected to be a guru about tire structures. What you can do though is is tell them that um, you know you have whatever set of doubts you have. Last thing you can do is is just bless it directly. Um, straw bales, of course can be critter heaven. Tires can also be critter heaven. You get stuff going in there, raccoons or whatever, and they can just make a mess. Imagine, you know, a thousand pounds of feces inside your walls from, from raccoons that have gotten in and turned it into not only a family, but a generational facility. And and now you've painted the kind of picture that the that the client needs to be aware of. Again, it doesn't necessarily mean that you just tell them don't buy it. 
your role primarily is to is to be a picture painter. You tell them where the home is at, and they can decide if the home is right for them or not. Um, that is the general rule. I have broken it on a few occasions. Um, you know, there was one, and since we're talking about foundations, there was one where the home was on a hillside, and it was actually sliding down the hill. Uh, part one of the walls had no foundation beneath it at all. It was just masonry sitting on the soil with no foundation whatsoever. That was sliding down the hill. And the buyer was an old man who didn't have any money, but he wanted to, to fix it up. And he was going to save money to fix this home up. And I told him, look, you know, I'm, I'm not going any further on this inspection. You don't have the knowledge or the, the resources to do what needs to be done to this home. So I, I nixed that deal, and I told him, look, I'm, I'm not going to be part of this. Generally, however, it is not your role <clears throat> to say yes or no on any home. You just paint the picture. Okay, serve them well. Take care of them. Nachi.org, homemedicusa.com. Go out there, take care of those guys. Do me proud.